I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Just when you thought you'd had enough of us, we are back here on Lime Darts. It's a slightly later than planned live lounge, so we can have a look back at Q-School. I'm Phil Bars, joined by Jack Gobby Garwood, and Jarlath has phoned in sick. I don't know what happened <laughs> for that to happen, but he was like, oh, I'm really, really ill. We don't believe him at all. All them early films in the 80s and 90s when the debt collectors come knocking and they hide behind the sofa. That's what he's doing now, isn't it? Charles not here today. Charles <laughs> can't come to the phone right now. Please leave a message at the tone. everybody. Good evening, everybody. I suppose I better take the medicine at this point. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Uh, did something happen over the last couple of days, Joe? Yeah, something did, Philip. Um, I lost £20 to, to Jack Gobby Garwood on darts, which I, I'm not particularly happy about because normally I'm the one who's making a bit of profit. But unfortunately, uh, we all have to take our medicine. But don't worry, I'm going to town in the next 10 minutes. So this is going to be a fun experience. Hopefully, no Barney Army are in, Barney <laughs> Army are in tonight because, Christ, you're gonna, your man's getting it. <laughs> well welcome along everyone of course the live lounge we are back we are going to spend the next hour or so talking through everything darts that has happened of late we're just going to share some links on social media but welcome to the chat room already it is absolutely rammed and all the usual suspects are in scott daniel Winita, lip sync battles how are we all doing joe welcome along of course andrew is in along with Owen, Tommy, Martin, 
welcome along. Tommy has joined us as well as El Patrick. Patrick, thank you very much for letting us use your slide, which we'll see shortly. But we're just going to share some links around. Again, please share them so people know we are live and hit that subscribe button. You guys did an absolute tremendous job subscribing to Online Darts, but keep going. Like I said, we're going to do a special 16 times giveaway when we get to 5K subs. But, gentlemen, have you recovered? from 10 days of absolute madness. No. There's a, there's a distinct <laughs> lack of online arts clothing on the show at the minute right now, and that's because we've just been so intense on it for the last 10 days in the streams that I can only presume that all three of us are massively behind and haven't had a chance to get it clean again ready for tonight. I'm on the third line of washing today already. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, me. And that's that's, uh, that's how interesting our lives have been the day we're over. not streaming. <laughs> well, well, do you know what? I actually got some washing done today. Hence the reason why I'm currently wearing a, a lovely online darts branded hoodie. I don't know if you can you can see it up here right now. Well, hang on a minute. I'll, I'll bring it down. There. there you go. Lovely branded stuff. I'm branded. Come on, boys. Yeah, mine's. If you see my green screen behind me, my washing's hanging up on the sort of like indoor rack behind that. <laughs> because literally, for the so last few days. So are, you suggest, so, so are you suggesting then, very quickly, are you suggesting that the green screen is basically now your washing line? Well, no, it just hides it's stuff behind washing, it. It's a great indoor washing it's a, line. It's, it's a great thing to hide things behind because it's huge. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Well, it's nice to be back in. Uh, it's nice to be back in the uh, in the chair doing streaming. I wish it was in better circumstances, but we move. I was going to say Lee has joined us in the chat room, which just says "Barmy Army." As I say, your man's getting it in the next few minutes. So but hold tight. I like the blue touch paper, I've been away for a week. <laughs> Uh, you can't you can't give him both barrels until at least next week. Oh, and no, you, you know full well Don't how worry, I can. how no, you know full well how vociferous I have been over the last 18 months in comments made towards yeah. the person that you're about to direct at. But until we see what happens over the next week and the next couple of tournaments and the effort and intensity there, you can't sit there and give him both barrels. He's come back, he's got his tour card back. The next step is to see if he puts the effort in for all the Pro Tours, for all the qualifiers and for the tournament events. You can't sit there and give him both barrels now. He's made that decision. Oh, He's no, committed to something. You can't, you can't give him both barrels before he gets a chance. Go on. I'm backing him. I can't on, believe I'm defending him. But right now, you cannot, you cannot sit there and give him both barrels. He was comfortably the best player at Q School. The only thing you could tell him off for is not winning a day. Gob, you could Gob, you've known me now for what? The best part of five, six years? When does that ever stop me? When does facts <laughs> when does facts ever stop me from getting giving it both barrels? Don't worry, everybody. It's coming. It's coming. Remember, <laughs> never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Correct. Absolutely spot on, everybody. 
<laughs> but Jar is back in me, the no, room. I'm just saying, of... you cost me twenty. If you cost me twenty quid, you get it both barrels. That's how it works. No, your stupidity cost you twenty quid by not believing that his ability would get him through European Q school. He was lucky. well looking ahead ladies and gentlemen the show is of course going to be dominated by Q School because that is all we've seen for the last 10 days dreams have been made dreams have been shattered in the dream factory as it was renamed not sure I agree with that as I said on Q School Daily I don't think it's a dream factory people don't quite get the significance that Probably for two years, it's not a dream. After that, maybe Gob. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a there's a massive misconception that the minute you're a tour card holder, everything is is rosy. I see a similar article around a snooker player. The, the name mistakes me, um, but it was by Phil Haig from the Metro. He's, he's a great writer we've, we've got a really good relationship with, and he said the same about that pro. I think another pro was saying it on Twitter that you get through Q score and then in that sport in particular, they realised they didn't have the the funding for the entries for the next couple of events that were due immediately, the hotel costs and all the travel and that. So, yes, it's the dream factory. If, like today, one of the players who picked up a card has picked up a management that will pay the cover of entries and, and hotels and, and that sort of thing, and they just have to go and deliver now to earn their money for a, for an actual living, if you haven't got that, it's an incredibly tough two years to start with, unless you win games straight away. Yeah, 100% agree with you there, mate. 100% agree. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll dive straight in. I suppose we'll start with the EU one because every day it, it started and and finished before the rest. Um let me make sure I tee the right one up. That's too small to see. Wait a minute. This could, this could go drastically wrong here on the first one back. But, oh, he's nailed it oh, in one. Well um, automatic qualifiers. Thank you, Lewis. And thank you, Jimmy, as well. As always. Look <laughs> um, oh, at so, the four automatic qualifiers over the day were Gert DeVos, Gert Ninchers, Florian Hempel and Boris Koltsov, gentlemen. I suppose Florian Hempel had one amazing day and come through the field. Um, Gert DeVos was brilliant in stage one, carried that straight on to stage two. Um, Gert Ninchers, the first two days, outstanding. And Boris was just big bad Boris and finally got the job done. Yeah, pretty, pretty fair assessment of the four to come through automatically. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that three of those would have made it via the order of merit had they not gone on to win a day. Uh, they were that outstanding. Hempel is the exception that, that may have gone close, may have been a bit borderline, but but that performance on the third day, he took his chance, ran with it. And he's one that actually really excited me over the week. The, the European Q School actually... I was more excited about that draw when it came out. I was more excited about seeing the potential matchups. I was more excited about seeing the names that were the next 25 or 30 people on that order of merit throughout. It was 
not not new waters for us, but for some of those names, it was completely the first time we were hearing of them. For some of those names, it's names I haven't seen since the BDA World Championships 18 months ago, two years ago, that that sort of thing. Like Richard Veenstra is a player that excites me massively as a professional, and he's one that went on to miss out, but he's another one that I followed with interest over the week. Despite the fact that we gave Stage 1A a bit of a bashing in terms of standard and ability, Stage 2 for Europe was fantastic. Well, quite rightly so. Between stage one and eight, one B, we're both absolute dross. Apart from the players that came through, the, the standard of it was absolutely toss. Like, and that's yeah, what, and that's it what was, it was at the, the bottom end. Like, yeah, that's it what was I'm at saying. the bottom end. If, if you compare averages at the top end, or or actually overall, there isn't that great a difference between the UK and the EU over those stage one. Honestly, the, the, the difference in average is minuscule. But you think you've got a smaller field. That, that's being extenuated in the UK. That, that's why the averages fell that way. And unlike stage one, there isn't a single... ...that I'm surprised by. There, there was no the big name shock like... exit in stage one for Europe. Yeah, but that wasn't going to be the case, was it? We always knew that was the case because the rest of the standard below the say the top 20 in each stage maybe being a bit disservice maybe the top 25 the rest of that standard look you, you wouldn't expect them to get into the into a bdo 18 would you into a super league 18 would you some of them you you just wouldn't the issue that... without wishing to be rude the, the point the point that i'm making is that we're about but it's the same in most places apart from the, necessarily the UK school, we're about four or five years away from the bottom end of Europe competing towards the, the, the sort of bottom level of the UK Q school. And that's not a disservice. It, it takes a while for that to happen. And in your idea, Rob, that you pushed on Twitter the other day, suggested that we have Super Leagues elsewhere in the world, like we have in Germany. I'd love to see an Italy Super League. I'd love to see a French one, Spanish. I'd love to see more of that. Because that way, then, as well as that, more than anything, PB, they get match practice. As, the, as long as they get yeah. match practice, because that is also another factor of this Q school. No one had much match practice. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to see an Italian Super League. I think it's one area untapped by the PDC at the moment that genuinely excites me. And European Q school has done that. Um, it's brought them on. It's got them playing, which is which is great. But I agree. Look, stage 1A and 1B in Europe, the bottom end wasn't great, and I completely get that. But moving on to stage two, European Q score excited me more than Milton Keynes did. I had more focus on that than, than I did Milton Keynes, which is probably the first time I can remember that the standard and the results and the way people were playing got me gripped is, is the thing. That ranking system towards the end god was working it out we were live on that on that fourth day it was all over the place we were like has he gone dark green hasn't he dark, gone dark green and it just it just shows look who missed out look adam gaulas got in on that order of merit but only at the last minute he was deep in trouble we look at the the rodriguez brothers missing out lorenzo crumb prong missing out you go through the whole list it, it's unreal so i was really stuff 
Yeah, the, the overall standard of European Q School, forget forget the bottom end, the overall standard I was really impressed with. From stage two onwards, absolute kudos, because I, I, I was gripped by it. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing there at all. I think you look at the state of the of the tour card holders in Europe and you look at all that. I mean Gert de Vos, we know what he's done, obviously in the BDO before. Nentches has been on the tour, Florian Hempel's been on the Euro tour, Colts off somehow has only got a tour card for the first time and then it feels like he's been around for about seventy-four years. Schindler done bits in Germany. Zonneveld has been great. Barney, we know about. Lurchback has been a tour card hole before. Gavlas, a world youth finalist. Unterbunkner, also been on the Euro Tour. Marianovic has had more countries than I've had hot dinners. And John mm. Michael has also been on the tour as well. So this is the point that every single one of them, you know the names about. You know everybody's name, really, in the European Q squad. The cream rise to the top. Although a certain third person on the order of merit, maybe not so. But in all in all seriousness, <laughs> right? Everybody, everybody in that in that field, you, I, I would, uh, God, you probably know this better than me. I would say, and there's probably maybe only one of them coming through, one of the twelve that came through in Europe that I would class as a tour filler. The rest of them have got the ability to maybe make the top 64, push onto the top 32, have a chance at qualifying for TV events. There's only one of them in there that I would class as tour filler. Mm, I, um, no, I'm a, I'm a little bit higher personally. Yeah, Fair there's, there's about three for me. There's about, there's yeah. about three for me. Uh, the, three, I, I, I'd the say three that, that I don't... The point, the point that I'm yeah. making, sorry to interrupt, Jess, the point that I'm making is, is that there's more tour fillers in the UK than there is in the, in, in the EU. Could we agree with that? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's oh, yeah, that, 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 I think more. that's what that's what excited me about the EU more. I think the players that were coming through, A, some of them was just the names. We lost a lot of big names in stage one of the UK Q school that really got the excitement going. The likes of Daryl Fitton, the likes of literally every other female player, but Fallon. Um, Dean Wynn Stanley was back, um, Colin Osborne and, and the like, former tour card holders that were very, very capable a number of years ago that have started to drop off, that they were interesting stories to follow back. Can they go back? They've got the experience. Can they do it again? Can they sort of rebuild their careers? Start players? A lot of the people we're following in the EU perhaps aren't as consistent as the players that came through the UK. But I think that their ceiling game, their, their top level, their moments of brilliance that we've seen either from them playing on the Euro Tour, or averages we've seen coming across from the Super League, or performances they put in over the week at Q School, that was the bit that got me excited about Europe. It's not being disrespectful about the UK. And actually, the players that came through the UK probably, on average, are better than a lot of the field that came through the EU. Right? Schindler went berserk, and, and Barney was consistently one of the best players there for... The 10 days, the only player that had a higher tournament average than him over the 10 days was Scott Mitchell. Right, but other than that, the averages from the players that came through the UK would have steadily eclipsed these guys in Europe. But it's the potential, it's it's the what hot what what can come in the future. Gert the boss, very, very capable, need to find some consistency, but did it on day one. Gert Nenchez, young, upcoming. 
got the possible game. Boris Kolsov has got an absolutely massive ceiling to his game. He could go and average 110 for 15 legs. He doesn't do it very often. And he averages around 80 for a few of those legs. And he has that severe drop-off. But now he's a tour card holder. Will that change? Hempel, out of nowhere. Former handball goalie. Absolutely love that about him. Swap sport. Hasn't got anywhere near in the last three times he's entered Q school. Now he's a tour card holder. Like, they're the people that excite me. Michael Unterbuchner. Former world quarterfinalist or semi-finalist in the BDO. Again, went absolutely berserk that year when he was doing it. Like, Gaulas, World Youth runner-up. Not the quickest, not the most exciting player. Not possibly the most commercially viable because of that. But, again, has got these massive, massive averages in him. There are a couple of players in there that deserve their card back. Zonneveld, uh, John Michael... Are they going to go and average 105, 106 in, in Pro Tours? Probably not, but I'm still excited to see them there. John Michael, the potential just to see that walk-on at Ali Pali or on the Euro Tour. Fabulous. And Marianovic, the last name that I haven't really mentioned, I had an outside flutter on him, so I'm glad that he got there too, basically. The <laughs> <laughs> thing is about Michael, on a serious note, though, did he deserve to? Did he deserve it? He, he had a couple of good... Uh, to be fair, actually, no, I do apologise. He had a couple of good days. He had two good days. I thought he only did the one day like Gavlas did because Gavlas came and made a semi-final from nowhere. Uh, and uh, from there, uh, he basically won his scorecard back on that last day. I thought Michael had done the same, but no, he he had a couple of good days, days three and four. Um, no, like you say there about Marianovic, he, he, he's decent enough. But I mean, Lee's asked a question here in the uh, in the chat room when he says, apart from Barney, uh, which member of the European Q School do you reckon could go and win a PDC tournament in the next couple of years? One name stands out to me, but I will go two on, on that list for me. Just because of the, the ceiling that they've got is Boris Koltsov and Maya Chinla. That on any given totally day, they can go berserk. You, talk, you, you think on the Pro Tours, forget the fact they're bubble at the moment. At some point this year, we will go back to what we call normal pro tours when the players can stay in their own hotel of their choice and they, you turn up on a morning and play. And the, the likes of Michael Van Gerwen, Peter Wright, um, Gerwin Price won't turn up to them because they've got enough money to qualify for Minehead. And on any, any given day, those two could go absolutely berserk and win six games in the blink of an eye. Yeah. Don't disagree. Completely agree. They're, they're the two but, that have my eye on. Galas in a couple of years, maybe, but those two from the off, Colts of him. So, touching on Galas, and this is nothing against him because he's oh, he's pretty, he's a nice enough lad, but I just can't get excited about him. Just watching him play reminds me of watching Justin Pike. Just I don't think anybody in the chat room coming for you after the last 10 days. Uh, Look, I genuinely think there are slower players than Justin as well. I just think that we've always made a point of, of using him yeah. as the one we've picked out. Look, Gaulas is the same as the, the um, Premier League for me at the minute. We said this about the Premier League field a couple of days ago. Fantastic players capable of doing some unbelievable things, but the pace and rhythm that they play the game at make it incredibly difficult to sit there and genuinely get excited by it. If somebody's going to fire in a 170, I want the cameraman to nearly be missing it. I want them to be that good. I want the excitement from the commentators. I don't want John Park screaming ball and having to wait six seconds for the man to then let go of the dart. Like, that's how the tension and excitement builds. It, it, 
that's just how people get excited. Yeah, but European Q School, we cannot touch on it without talking about one man. He finished third on the order of merit. All eyes were on Raymond van Barneveld as we went into Q School 14 months ago. The man handed back his tour card. He has now won it back, gentlemen. We've had time to digest this. Good, bad, ugly, or is the jury's right on what's going to happen with Raymond van Barneveld over the next two years? <laughs> God, do you I want to go want first? To I, 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 keep talk, I, I just want to wind him up and watch God. him go, but... <laughs> Do you want to go for? I don't. If you want me to have the floor, I'll have the floor. <laughs> but I would. I would much I rather you might let put you people go off. They're still joining the show. I don't want them to join yeah. in, and you just to be bright red with steam coming out your ears. I'm like, honestly, no, you, people no, away. They're still joining the stream. Get your popcorn ready. Sit back and enjoy, <laughs> because Mister Eden is about to go berserk. Right, I'm, I'm going to set him up for it as well because. No, not yet. I'm going to set you up for it because I'm going to preempt what you're going to say. Right? And Q School was never the issue for Barney. Right? He was expected to come through clearly head and shoulders above the majority of the field. His, his consistent average throughout the week showed that. It also showed that he'd actually been practicing the last couple of weeks because he wasn't hitting these high 90s or mid 90s or. or firing them hundreds or winning them last leg deciders, albeit on the Pro Tour against a slightly better standard in the year that he handed back his card. Right? So there is some sort of intensity from him there, in, intent from Barney, right? He got through it. We've spoken a lot about his last year, or I have in particular, actually, about how I disliked his, his final year, how I think he took his name and perceived status in the game for granted, um, used it for a year to, to swan off and, and get invited to all of the invitational events and, and pocket that, and in return did very, very little to justify those picks and to pay back the, the Barney army, if you like, the people that have followed him around for years, the people that got into darts because of Raymond, like yourself, Jar. Those people exist, right? And for me, the jury is very much still out now because if he hadn't got there, we can sit and go, right, failed experiment. We There's a perception or a belief that perhaps if COVID hadn't been a thing, Barney wouldn't have made this move and he would have spent the last year playing in exhibitions and he would have stayed away. That's not the case. He's back on tour and he's got it. And if if he hadn't got it, he committed to three years. It would have been interesting to see if he turned up next year or the year after. Or if, as COVID begins to ease, he started going back towards his exhibition work and, and gave that back up again towards the back end of the year. The thing is now, we have to wait and see what he does. We cannot go both barrels on the man. He has his tour card now. And we have to sit and wait and see what he does with it. Right? If he starts neglecting Pro Tours, has no intention for the Euro tours, half arses everything that he does and expects his name to get him into the World Series and, and guest appearances at wherever else. Fortunately, the Premier League field is already complete. Um, then, then we can come back and go, do you know what? No. If he goes out and wins a Super Series, 
gets the hunger back <laughs> for it for the next 18 months and puts in a strong performance at the UK Open, you have to take this comeback seriously as a competitor. You, you just do. Because the mentality shift will be there for us to see. And as long as he is competing as a professional like you should, treating that tour card with respect, treating his fans with respect, and those that, that got him back here in this first place, let's be fair, his shirt had more advertising than the back of the local newspaper that's free. They live off news advertising. Um, you have We have to let it play out before we can really pass a judgment over him for the next year. Are you done? <laughs> Are you He's done? still not listening, are you? <laughs> no, I, I've listened. I've listened. But I'm asking, genuinely asking, are you done? Because I, I, I've never, ever said this before on the show, and I'll probably never say this again. But once I start, I would not like to be interrupted. Please. <laughs> I've missed you. Please. If, if everyone's done, and if everyone allow me to have the floor, I'm going to go. Sit back and relax. Right. Here we go, Barney Army. This is the home truths for you, everybody. The simple fact of the matter is, is this. If COVID had not hit and he could have earned his money playing Phil Taylor in exhibitions every other night or going elsewhere, he would not be here. It's just a fact. He didn't give a damn in his last year in the PDC. To be fair to him, he didn't give a damn for, I'm going to say, around about three or four years in his last years in the PDC. He is one of the greatest underachievers in the PDC. Yes, he won his four world titles in the BDO when the, when the organisation had some standing. And you can obviously argue that it was the stronger organisation of the two. A debut year in 2006 followed, unlike many others you've seen. Only Rob Cross had a debut year in the PDC, probably better than Raymond Van Barneveld. And to be fair, you can obviously argue that Barney, because he won the UK Open, drew with Taylor in the Premier League, hit a nine data, and then played the greatest game of the World Championships ever, ever seen, probably had a better one. The, 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 the rivalry was set there and there. Taylor... Van Barneveld, the two darting behemoths, going to be going on at each other for years and years to come. And Barney just wilted like a flower that hasn't had any water. Won the UK Open and he won the Desert Classic in 2007. Do you remember that tournament? Yeah. That's the last ranking title that Raymond Van Barneveld has ever won. 14 years it was. 14 years ago. All he's been happy to do is take the money in the Premier League. Yes, he's got close. He's got close, but he's never achieved. He hasn't won it. Hasn't won the match play. Hasn't won the Grand Prix. Hasn't won the slam when it was ranked. Yes, he won the slam. The 2012, was it? 2012 was. was unranked. Yeah, Premier League. Yeah, we get it. Here's the point that I'm making. Barney has been happy to use his name in the PDC to get into the invitational events and to do what he's done. And you cannot argue that once he moved over, he, it was the end of the BDO, there and then, because he moved over. Their biggest asset joined the PDC, and the growth of the sport has happened to a level 
that we would never expect to see. The point of the matter is, is this. If COVID had not a hit, Expo, and he could have made his money playing Expos, he wouldn't be here. Now, I will be the first person to come on this show and say that I got it wrong. If he comes up next week and produces an unbelievable super series, I will be the first person to come on this show in a couple of weeks' time and say, do you know what? I was wrong. If he goes and wins a first-ranking title in 14 years on the television, I will hold my hands up. But all I've got to go on is what he delivered in his last three or four years in the PDC when he, quite frankly, couldn't give a toss. He was happy to take the money in the, in the invitational events and go from there. Now, I'm sorry, Barney Army, and I appreciate people will not like to hear the home truths about the man, but it's the truth. We've gone on what we can see, and the, the proof of the pudding will come, PV, when he's available coming round, when, when the world gets back to normal. If he can go and if he decides to just take the money, get enough money to play in the World Championships, maybe the Players' Championship Finals, and then goes and swans off and goes and plays Phil Turner and Expo in Germany, we'll know really what Barney's it, what he's in for. But I cannot see Barney ever taking this seriously. And I honestly think it's a waste of a tour card. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure just reading through some comments in the chat room. It's all it's all over the place. You unstirred the hornet's nest. Um, I'm 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 days, PB. I've been waiting for a while. I, 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 I'm with God. The, the, the jury's out. I fully agree, I fully agree that his last eighteen months on tour was arguably some of the worst. I've ever seen someone in that stature because he genuinely didn't care. But time is out on, on that. Look, we will see down the line if he turns up to Wigan and Barnsley. When, look, like I said, at some point later on in the year, we will be back to the hallowed places of the Metrodome and the Robin Hood Arena. We will we'll be back there for Pro Tours. And then the, the, the jury is out. As Vincent Van der Voort says, I hate Barnsley. Sorry, anyone from Barnsley. Vincent's <laughs> words, not mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I should respect, by the way. And I appreciate a lot of people in the chat room are saying, it's all irrelevant, it's this, it's that. Look, the point that I'm making is this. I would rather have a fully committed player on the Pro Tour that's going to give their all week in, week out and have a person who comes in and just plays the odd event and and doesn't. That's just my opinion. I appreciate he's won the Premier League. I appreciate that he's won the Slam. I appreciate he's won numerous World Cups with Coe Stompy and Michael Van Gerwen. But the point of the matter is, is this. He ain't run a ranking title on the television since 2007. It's a long time. And you saw what he was like after the Premier League in 2019, Gob. When he left his darts on the stage in Rotterdam and then went and said he was retiring on stage, then five days later, got a call for his management company, said he weren't retiring, and now he's going to be, and now we're back on the tour. Yeah. Look, I'm not saying mistakes haven't been made in the past. And, and personally, everybody that's ever watched our show will know that I believe that what you've just said, I'll be saying in six months' time. But until we give him the opportunity 
I don't think we can go both barrels at him. He's made this commitment to come back. We can judge it once we see what he does with it. 100%. And, and that's the big point. Dive, dive into the chat room. Bob Barney has won the Premier League title, by the way. Yeah, Jar said he won the Premier League, mate, in 2014. So. And he wasn't even the best player. He wasn't even the best player throughout the entire tournament. He's had one great night. And there's no doubt in it that on his day, he is still one of the best players in the world. You look at that game between him and MVG at the Worlds in 2016. That was one of the best games that I've ever seen. Um, I can't see where the comment was, but someone asked me on EUQ score, do you think Benito van der Pass will ever come back or flash in the pan? Um, I'm somewhere between both at the moment. He has massive flaws in his technical action. The way the darts try and enter the board with very little power that he throws with is an issue. If he can technically sort that out, then he can come back. If he doesn't, he will find it very, very difficult. And I use Martin Schindler as a reference point here. Martin Schindler realised he had technical issues, went away, put them right, and now look at the rewards. So it's all down to Benito for me. Right, gentlemen, from the EUQ school, who were you most disappointed with? We've gone through the, the highs of, of Schindler and, and all that. Who were you most disappointed with? Um, oh, I really, really, really wanted to see Richard Veenstra get a tour card. Really, really wanted to see Veenstra get a tour card. I think he's a fantastic guard player. Um, he, he's been deep at Lakeside um, on, on numerous occasions. I think he'd be one that would make a, a good addition to the tour. Um, it's harsh to say I'm really disappointed. We finished 18th on, on four points. Um but he is, he is one that I would have liked to see in that top 12. Jarrett, Nico for Kurtz you, is the obvious one. Nico that? Kurtz is the obvious one. Nico Kurtz, even in stage 1A, yeah. he didn't perform that great when he qualified there. He just didn't have the gut. I don't know whether it was that way of expectation. I don't know. But Nico, we, we've seen him, what he can do at the World Championships. He just didn't have a great few days. And unfortunately, sometimes that is what happens. You don't. And that's the problem. Yeah, I've got two. I completely agree with Kurtz with you. And also, I'm going to say um, Thibaut Tricol as well. Very disappointed Yeah. with his, again, his performance. Though, much, how much competitive darts has he had, though? He hadn't had any competitive darts since the BDO Worlds last year. I don't think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I don't think he had. He had too much either. Um, Jake says in the chat room, I'd rather, I'd rather watch Barney over someone like Gaulas. I'm 100% with you there, mate. I'm not even going to lie. It's a fair yeah, point, mate. I, I'll I, give you that. I, I, I would write 100% with you. Um, just going through. The chat room's absolutely buzzing, guys. Thank you very, very much indeed. This is, um, this is good, says, everyone getting involved. Yeah. Sam says as well, Matt Campbell. We haven't even mentioned him. Again, Jeez. he was completely... Yeah, I mean, complete... Go on, go on, Gob. I was just saying, I was looking through some of the other names that have missed out, and I'm looking at players that finished on one point. So, Damian Mould, Development Tour, Brian Roman, 
Patrick Kovacs, the WJF online champion. He picked that up over, I think, Alan Suter, if I'm not mistaken. That was that was around a couple of months ago. Willem Mandegas, um, Richard Petresco, Franz Roche, Kai Gard, Thibaut, Thibaut Trikal, Sergio Krasen, uh, Moreno Blom. They all finished on one point, and they're all names that on their day would have been more than more than safe in this top 12. That's the beauty of Q score, I guess. But yeah, Matt Campbell, huge, huge disappointment. Perhaps that target on his back just did for him a little bit too much because all the chat pre-tournament was about him and was about Barney pretty much. Yeah, agreed. Um, Alcinas as well. Yeah, he, he flattered to deceive a little bit. Um, was was very very hit and miss. Um, Andrew says um, at least Barney is more committed than Wesley Harms. Yeah, it's an interesting story about Wesley Harms, which I can't say. Which 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 I can't say on here, but yeah, um, look, I think he's Donald Ducks. I don't see how he keeps his tour card this this year. Way <laughs> too much to to, to do. Um, where is it as well? Someone asked, Stan says, Phil, why did you leave live darts? Um, no secret, mate. Um, I'm still going really well with Jay and everyone. Basically, live darts is owned by a huge, huge media company, um, which I worked for and I loved every minute of it. But doing this, I probably busted my nuts more than I ever should when you're employed by someone. And it was like, hang on a minute. If I'm going to do this, let's do it for myself. Took the jump and here we are at online darts. Um, that, that's all it is, mate. Nothing secret, nothing like that. I still speak to Jay couple of times a week, still getting really well with him. But plain and simple, if you're going to bust your balls, you do it for yourself. Lesson in life to anyone. Um, unless, unless, has... you're gob, unless you're gob and I, in which case, unless you're gob and I, in which case, we were desperate at the time we thought, crap, we'll jump on board. <laughs> yeah, we'll come, we'll come and get involved. <laughs> we, were desperate, we were desperate for a home. We were like a home. We were two homeless people at the time. <laughs> um, so from there we are going to go to the UK Milton Keynes just a quick one before we do I'm really sorry to interrupt PB is Veenstra a former number, world number one in the BDO uh, lip syncing beast asked that one uh, yeah I'm pretty sure he was world number one I'm 90% certain yeah okay Anyway, yeah, I'm, UK, I'm move sure. on quick before I upset any more people. Yes. Four automatics, Kirk Shepard, Jason Heather, Jake Jones and Scott Mitchell all there automatically winning the four days. And then the most dramatic scenes on the order of merit, which will touch on the implications after we've covered it, because there are some issues. Um, which I know Gob is going to to have his say on. But, gentlemen, first of all, the, the, the four outrights, Shepard, Heaver, Jones and Mitchell. A surprising bunch, I think it's fair to say. Kirk Shepard keeps his 100% record at Q School somehow. Um, fantastic bloke. Uh I heard a quote earlier in the week, and I think it's very, very apt that Kirk is probably... I think it was Matt Ward, actually, when he came on our stream earlier in the week uh, on yesterday. Was it yesterday? I don't even know what day it is anymore. Uh, Matt Ward. Matt Ward summed Kirk up brilliantly. Really, really nice bloke. Probably too good for Q School. Probably not quite good enough for the tour. 
because he keeps dropping straight back off of it. Um, Eva yeah. <laughs> didn't look like doing that until he actually did it. Jake Jones won a name from the past, really. Uh, Toro Molinos Open champion in 2011. Used to mop up as a youth. I uh, haven't seen a lot of him. Yeah, I've dropped the Toro Molinos Open. There it is. It's in there weekly. That that should almost be a Barney alarm, <laughs> that one. Um, <laughs> and, and Scott Mitchell doing it on the final date. If, if you'd asked me to pick names pre-tournament, the only one of them that I'd even got close to is Scott Mitchell. Yeah. Agreed. Even, even with Kurt Shepard's history, I, I just didn't fancy him to get through Hughes school and he proved everybody wrong. They no. got. Well, Jason Heaver only just came through stage one by the skin of his teeth. But then, like we say, when it's your day, it's your day. Because on day two, he looked unbeatable. But that's what darts is. If you're confident and hot out. on any single day, you can go on and win anything. He took out a one, two, three, didn't he, for the match? Against Alan Suter. Yes. yes, he did. Double nine. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, but no, I, I, the thing is, I agree with you. I think Mitchell was very, very unlucky last year to not get his card. And I'm very glad that he's got his card now. Uh, I'm sure that people in the chat room would have met him as well as we have. Scotty Dog is one of, of the nicest people that you'll ever meet in darts. Got a lot of time 100%. for Scotty Dog. 100%. Um, and then the order of merit. Have you seen his interview with Dan Dawson when he gets his card? Yeah. I haven't seen that yet, no. It, it, it goes, really it goes a bit fair. down the dozen route that he's, he's just a man from a small little village that drives a tractor and Dan's like, you're a world champion, mate. Don't give me that. I was about to say, nothing to do with you're a world champion. Um, but, world yeah. champion who didn't face a single match start on the way to his title. He was imperious that year, barely offered up a snip against him. Yeah, um, it, it, it was an interesting one for sure on, on that one. But unlike the EU, the order of merit filled up quite quickly here that on the third day, the top three spaces were already filled. And they decided not to play. Well, no, sorry, Lou Williams did, but the other two sure, decided yeah. not to. Yeah. Um, Martin Lukeman and Jack Main both didn't play the final day, but then even on as the day went on, they filled up quite quickly. Got they were going dark green rather quickly and, until the final hour when there was two spots left. Yeah, a, a large batch all, all went dark green or green as we're going to call it because we're using darts rankings throughout the day. I was trying to number crunch as we went on, and they're obviously just a step ahead at times. Um, a large batch just all went at one point and we realised that actually the cutoff for points to get in was going to drop to six and that was quite an important moment in the day but it just showed that actually under the pressure on the final day all of those that were in good striking range sat on the likes of three or four points before the start of play crumbled. They just couldn't get over line on the final day so we were left with people that were already in that uh, provisional spots or complete outsiders that had to go on and, and pretty much win it to pick up a card. There was a little bit of jumping around, but not a lot. A lot of those names that finished in that top 13 
were there before we started playing. Yeah, 100%. Um, it was interesting. And again, a couple of names jumping up in the chat room. One in particular, um, Dean talks about Alan Suter, a man that looks yes. very, very dangerous on what we've seen, yes. Scotland captain. And he could do bits over the next two years. Look, I've got no idea what his stage game's like, but on the floor, in that environment, he put in some big, big averages, Jar. He was outstanding. He was outstanding from start to finish. Like, you, 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 you saw the way he looked. He made a final, obviously, on day two, but ran into a Jason Heaver who's, as we talked about, if it's your day, it's your day. But even throughout stage 1A, he was constantly doing bits. And I, that's the name, PB, that I'm really intrigued to see what happens at the Super Series. And then, in, obviously, going into the UK Open. I'm not going to go at all and suggest that he's going to go and win the bloody thing. But could he potentially make the fifth, sixth round? There were play if, if he if he turns up with the way that he's playing and he gets on one of the outside boards. I appreciate it's you know not in front of the big TV cameras and ITV or on stage two on PBC TV. If he gets on one of the outside boards throughout the day and he's just and maybe on Saturday afternoon as well. Look, I genuinely think that Alan Suter could make a last sixteen of the UK Open if. The draw is nice. Look, if he runs into oh, any yeah. of the top boys, then yeah, I think he's I think he's in big I think he's in big trouble. But if he gets I don't think your names in the top 20, maybe even the top 30, 40 in the order of merit want to play him with the way that he's playing. I like him. Well the thing the thing is as well, and I, and I don't mean this horribly, but once you've been in that top 16, top 32 for a while you almost forget where you've come from in terms of most of them came through the BDO system and played in huge opens and stuff like that, where Alan Suter will feel very at home on those outside boards um, and will be a huge, huge danger. But one name we cannot avoid any longer, gentlemen, is a certain American Mm. by the name of Danny Baggish. Going into day four... He had zero points to his name. And somehow he has completed one of the greatest escapes in darts I think I have ever seen coming through twice to do it. He did it in stage one. And more importantly, he's done it on stage two to break Chaz Barstow's heart. We'll come on to that conundrum in a minute. Don't want to touch on that right now. I bet we will. I bet we will. Well, don't don't worry. We're, We're coming on to that. (laughs) but what he achieved on that last day when all the pressure was on Gob takes some absolute balls. Oh, completely. And I tweeted about it as it was happening the day that what Baggish was doing on that final day was up there with one of the best stories I've seen in darts. All right, we've got we've got the Rob Cross story and, and all of that. But in terms of because he did it in stage one A to cling on and get over the line and did it again in stage two, so close to that world championship performance where we know his brother was ill and he battled with that to beat Adrian Lewis and put in that performance as well. Um traveled early because of the COVID restrictions, didn't go to the EUQ school, which we perceived as the easier one, yet for the last couple of years, the internationals that have come through have come through the UK not the EU, um, 
it was superb and he just didn't know when he was when he was beaten um just produced magical moment after magical moment that final day in particular just in the games i was watching two one one sixes a one three two and a one two five for the match at one point and he confirmed that that one two five was ball 25 four as well yeah absolute <laughs> that is stone absolute from, from, heartbreaker yeah that's how i'm going to say this can I just say really Go on, quickly, Gob, Gob will talk, talk will confirm this, but the one two five when you go ball twenty five ball, that is one of the sexiest shots in darts. The only one that's probably more sexy. There's two for me, one fifty on three, three balls, and 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 the champagne shot. One one three two is my favourite finish. Absolutely, two, my favourite champagne finish. shot. Two, two, what the two balls, six the two balls in the sixteen? Yeah, my my favourite by by an absolute mile. I just just something magical about that finish. Um, but look, I, I remember yeah, my first. It's, it's up there. I mean, for me, for for me, for me, the one five zero is the one for me. I love it when people go three balls. That's just that's just to, to have the kahunas to go for three balls on a one five zero. Is outstanding. Someone will it. do it as well on a pro tour or whatever. Someone will do it. Convinced of it. Normally, someone will. Normally, normally agree. Jose, 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 because he can't count. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 not, not just that. I say that the, the fact that we're getting more and more soft tip players coming over and playing is why I'm convinced we will see a, th- a three ball finish at some point. Um, they'll go for it, but. Yeah, 100%. But it was interesting. Going into the, the, the final, Danny didn't know he only needed a leg. And and I know that because I was on WhatsApp to Tom, his now manager, and I, and I asked him, I said, dude, does he know this? And he's like, no, he doesn't. Which made it even better, the fact that he went into the final thinking he had to win. It does, and I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that I'd want to know that. I'd, I would have been the other way. I'd have very much wanted to know that actually job's nearly done, get that one leg over the line and just watch that release, that roller coaster of emotions that he must have felt at the end of the day because he genuinely came off that board believing he hadn't done enough, only to then be told that he'd picked up a card on the order of merit, um, albeit under interesting circumstances with the point system. Um, but nonetheless, a fantastic story, a fantastic performance. And all right, solidly beaten by Scott Mitchell in the final, but he's been playing for 10 days or, or for seven days, locked up in his hotel room in between for the rest of it, a couple of early exits, um, things playing on his mind. Uh, it turns out he went and, and, well, he received a message from Wayne Marder with some help on his finishing. And I'll oh, tell you what, it certainly helped on that final day. Yeah, 100%. Again, like in Europe, though, e, um, UK Q School, who are you most disappointed with, gentlemen? Where do I start? There's a lot of them. Um, Jesus. Do you want to go first, Gob, and I'll let you, uh, I'll let you have first crack? <laughs> Jim Williams? 
Jim Williams again, back-to-back tours. Q scores he's not got through. Uh, David Pallet not picking up a point. And don't get me wrong, the point system is nonsense. So I'm starting straight from the bottom, and you look at the names that are, that are technically finished bottom of the order of merit. Ryan Palmer, Nathan Gervin, Alan Norris, Conan Whitehead, Scott Baker, Lewis Pride, David Pallet, Prakash Jewa, Michael Barnard, uh, Richie Burnett, Matt Clark, James Bailey, Fallon, Aidan Kirk, all picked up zero points but are on a minus leg difference. Now, we know full well that all of them won games. They won more games than some people who sit in the middle of the field. But the fact they never used that first-round win to push on is a disappointment for a whole host of them. Um, who else have we got? Nick Fowler looked very, very good. Stage 1A didn't deliver stage 2. Jamie Puhar. Lewis all the way down there. Halpai Puha. Again, Aaron Monkville, no, he's, no, he's a very good friend of yours, but absolutely zero points from him. The form he carried in the Modus League, he was one that the bookies would have mm. shipped a hell of a lot of money on pre-event for him to pick up a tour card and just just didn't get there. Keelan Kay, the youngster, no points. Um, I'm sure we could Jared all, Cole, sure we just could all one agree. point he... after missing out so close sure last we... year. Sure, we can all agree that Adam Smith Neil losing out is a massive shame. I was after a sign. I was after a sign unicorn board to go on my blade five. Oh, I, I, yeah, well, that's and... <laughs> yeah. He'd give you a blade five for that, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah. For, I think, for I think me, a couple of names that I'm not. I'm not disappointed with them. I was pleasantly surprised with them. And all right, they didn't go on to get tour cards, but I think they gave good accounts of themselves. Um, Josh McCarthy is one of those. His 180 hit over the seven days that he played was superb. Uh, Youngster from Wiltshire. Absolutely no doubt if he builds on that for the next year or two, uh, will do absolute bits. He looked very, very good. And Jose Marquez is the other name I want to bring your attention to because we haven't mentioned the fact that actually Overcue's got over three nine darters this year. One of them was Jose Marquez. The other two, Shane McGurk and Martin Schindler. Um, but yeah, three nine darters. He was one of them. Partnered Jose uh, Salza at the World Cup. We didn't know a lot about him at that point. Looked a little bit out of his depth up on that stage, but he's come back giving a great account of himself at Q score. And hopefully he's one that gives the challenge tour the full respect and, and makes a crack of it. Yeah, definitely. I say the, the one that you touched on there that disappointed me the most because he's a former BDI world number one world finalist is, is Jim Williams. He, he, he was the one that I've, I've really, really been disappointed with um, for, for me. Um, someone asked, in the chat room, I can't think where it was, but it was says, Do you think Jack Main is ready to take on the big boys, MVG, PRI, and, and Gowin Price? He doesn't have to be ready to take those on, right? He, it's all new to him. He's come through the system, he's done challenge tour, he's done development tour for two years. He doesn't need to compete with the big boys, it's almost baby steps for two years. Get enough ranking points to get in that top 64, and you can grow into it, God. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. But at the same time, after I know it was a, a couple of years ago now that I did play on a development tour and, and things can change over that time, but he wasn't one of the ones that I really 
tipped for big things at that point. Don't get me wrong. Really, really nice lad. Get on or got on really well with him. Had a couple of good conversations with him. Doesn't stand out to me as a top 32-16 player yet, but happy to be proven wrong. I also am looking yeah, forward definitely. to seeing. There's a couple of the, there's a couple of them I'm really looking forward to seeing as well on the tour. Uh, I'm, by the way, big shout out to Martin Lookman who joined us in the chat room throughout uh, Q School and his family as well. His mum and his brother was in the chat room every day that he was playing. It was amazing to see. Um, but I tell you what, I am really looking forward to people. <clears throat> and if you were, uh, if you take one thing away from me, it's that the barn you ran and this. Louis Williams is a talent, everybody. I've got a lot, a lot, a lot of time to watch Louis Williams. Saw him at the UK Open when he was a Riley's qualifier last year. He did absolute bits, made the fourth round. And if memory serves me correctly, I think he pushed Dimitri Vandenberg a long way in that fourth round when I was up there watching that game. So I think Louis Williams could do some damage on the Pro Tour this year. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um, gonna put, I feel like um, Professor Wee, next slide, please. Have you not heard of a clicker? Also, very quickly, just, just before we get into this, I've just been called Michael Smith in the chat room. Harry, is it Harry Rowland? <laughs> just said, why, why, is, why is he, why is Charlotte the absolute image of Michael Smith? The, I, I've never been called that before. And the big thing about this is, I hate shit up and dance. I hate the song. Oh, that's brilliant. I want to thank Patrick for this. Um, you think he's in the chat room, mate. Thank you very much. But some some good stats here um, for, for averages and that for the ones that, that got through and that for to, to run your eye over, gents. Just to just to clarify something, I thought it was Dimitri Vandenberg, uh, Louis Williams took close. It was Reese Hayden who played Dimmy. Louis took Steve West close, went to a last leg decider. Please on that one, but the point still stands. He's quality. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So some really interesting stats there to look at, guys. Very. Yeah, yeah. The ones that the ones that stand out to me is Kirk Shepherd and Scott Mitchell getting through playing seven and nine matches alone, and they both won that's out incredible. right. So that's how bad the other days were for Scott Mitchell. Yeah, not great at all. Looks like he got a buy in one of them, maybe on the day that he went on to win it. But yeah, mad, absolutely mad. Let's check out one, two, yeah. four. I mean, baggish at fifteen as well. Not exactly loads. And was it only seven one eighties from Danny as well? Only seven one eighties from Danny. Is that lack of scoring? Gonna hurt him. Don't get wrong, he's finishing superb and he proved it against Lady Lewis at the World Championships that his finishing is, is mustard, especially when he's up against it. But is he gonna be uh, a mini James Wade or, or perhaps Jan Decker in his in his prime or a player of that caliber? Or do we think that actually he's gonna need to find another gear to his scoring game if Danny's gonna make a real go at this for the next two years? I think I think time will time will tell. Um but we now come to the part of the show where we give the PDC an awful lot of credit because 
I, I like what they've done with Q School, with Stage 1, Stage 2, because there's some screening, and for a want of a better word, it stops some of the shit getting through. However, gentlemen, we have an issue with the countback and ranking system, I think it's fair to say, because if it was done differently two tour card holders in particular, Gob, would not have tour cards. Danny Baggish and Robert Marianovic would have both missed out. And in the Baggish case, it's highlighted even more because Chaz Barstow beat Danny Baggish in the last 128, 6-3, on day two. And that leg difference would have got Chaz Barstow in over Danny Baggish. So, Gob, You've been ranting about this the whole time. The floor is now yours on the ranking system. Yeah, look, it's just flawed. It is completely flawed. The way that results were only counting from the 64 onwards has had a, a really significant impact on people getting through. Um, we didn't look too much into it on stage one, even though we saw similar potentially happen with Wayne Warren, who was knocked out due to his average, as was Chaz Beatty. Um, I think it's Chaz Beatty. There can't be two Chazes, surely. Uh, Beatty, anyway. They both missed out on average, on their tournament average, which is an absolute stinker of a way. That should never, ever be a deciding factor in a countback. That should always go straight to a playoff or or find another way to, to make that decision. With pre-Dark Connect, that isn't even possible. So the fact they've added it on it is just a little bit of a cop-out to me. So they don't have to have the playoffs or the extra work or the extra calculations there. But we've, we've had a number of discussions that have been so many people talking about on social media, the way that results are only counting from the 64 onwards. Um, completely understand why it was put in place because immediately from day two, there isn't a full one to eight field and you can't have people gaining points because they're the person that's got the buy and it's unfair to the person that's randomly drawn a buy to not pick up a point, right? But there has to be a more creative solution to this to stop this happening. There's far too many games played in that round of one to eight that would make a real significant difference to the order of merit table and people's careers, and this is, this is nothing against Danny Baggish. This is nothing against Robert Marianovic. The stories, the way they got over the line were brilliant. They played to the rules. They, they got in. They knew what they had to do. They did it. But the calculations alone from Danny and Chaz Barstow, Chaz would have been three legs better off. He'd have picked up a plus eight leg difference over the first uh, one, over the one, two, eight games, over the four days in stage two, Danny had plus three, which would have meant Danny would have missed out on a tour card by two legs at the end of the day including, as Bars, he said, they met on day two and Chaz beat him. Was it day two or day three? It was day, day two. two Chaz Barstow won that head-to-head 6-3. I've got it written down. So, yeah, the changes the PDC made to Q-Score this year, we really enjoyed. The stage one, the stage two, we're a bit sceptical about it. Ten days is a very, very big time. And perhaps we won't see 1A and 1B next time, but we will see a stage one and a stage two when we can go back to larger groupings, larger venues, and the order of merit will, will distance it out a little bit better from that. Um, but yeah, the minute that that field is capped and then you start taking players away from that field and only picking up from the second round onwards, it, it, it just left a bit of a sour taste in the mouth that 
players were potentially denied the opportunity, despite the fact that over the week, the calculations show they were actually a better player. Because that, that's what that one to eight missing shows and that leg difference shows that actually, in terms of their results and performances, when it comes to an order of merit, they were the better player in all matches. Played. Yeah, com- completely agree. Um, ja, we've had a couple of discussions about how we think it could be done better. And CK Shots asked as well in the comments, how, how did you solve the, the flaw in it? The, the, the two scenarios that, that we've come up with, and, and again, this is just us chatting, but we don't make the rules, but we're just doing it. What How we think we can make it better. The, the, the two would be either you have a reserve list and then as one drops out, you bring the next one in. Yes, that guy on the reserve list may only get one or two days, but you've still got a shot at getting on. And if you want to be a professional darts player, you have to show that dedication to hang around and maybe only get one day. Or two, you carry more over than one to eight, and then you have a prelim or three prelim games every day. So there's always one to eight players starting out so they can. That's the best way for me. I think if you have a say... A one to a one hundred players that are one twenty to one three six on the order of merit after stage one, or whatever how many it is, or whatever the whatever the way is, or whoever the, the cap is in that sense. Whoever the, the bottom eight players in the order of merit, or probably the I don't know, maybe the bottom ten. I don't know. Potentially, I don't know, but it'd have to be the bottom eight. Potentially, would have to play prelim games as the tournament goes on. Obviously, you don't have to play as many prelim games, potentially. And then you can potentially put together the bottom six of day one, the bottom six of day two, et cetera, et cetera, playing up against the prelims. I don't know how it would potentially work. But certainly, you'd have four prelim games a day to fill in the rest of the boards, and that'll be that for me. Um, that'll be the best way of doing it. Uh, you know, maybe the numbers aren't, well, aren't particularly right in my head. I'll be brutally honest. The numbers are my forte, especially after the last 10 days, constantly checking dark, uh, dark ranking and making sure that we know who's <laughs> going to win at tour cards and uh, everything else like that. Um, but certainly, you know, four prelim games a, games a day to fit in a few spots on the board and then we start with a one two eight. 2 it, it shouldn't be difficult to work this out. I appreciate that when you are in a position when you've got a 5-1, when you're playing a 512 game or a 2-5-6 round and then into a one two eight round, it's a bit different because you have more chances to score points. But when you have a cat field, you need to play from 128 minimum. It's that simple. Yeah, um, Andrew says in the chat room, there were 12 dropouts in the final stage of Europe. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But again, I just I'm, that something needs to be done because if you're dropping out for just because you can't qualify, for, some, for me, there should be some kind of punishment. For, for that. Agreed. If you've got a genuine reason, like Nathan Rafferty, which everyone can completely understand or you fail COVID protocols, hopefully, obviously, that won't be here next year, then if you just go after two days or three days, I'm not making this, I'm going home. There needs to be some kind of punishment, in my opinion, to, to stop that happening. And also, as well, what that shows to anybody is, is that you're not really that dedicated. And also... If you're doing it for two or three days and you can't qualify and all this sort of stuff, day four, you could do a Danny Baggish, come through the field, when your card automatically. Yeah. 
You have to have that drive. Yeah. If you're going to be a professional dart player and you're going to be in the top 128 dart players in the world getting a chance to earn thousands of pounds every time you go and pick up a dart, you've got to have that drive. If you don't have it, quite frankly, piss off. We don't want you there. And the PDC don't want you there. Yeah, no, I completely agree that you've got to show kahunas and you've got to show stones. The other one that I don't like, again, and we spoke about this at length on the stream, is once you've already achieved your tour card on the order of merit, as in on day three, it was confirmed that Jack May, Martin Lukeman and Louis Williams had enough points. They could not physically be caught. Should they then play on the final day? Because for me, they shouldn't. They've got their tour card. It's the same as winning it. You've got your tour card from Q School. You should not play because you are then, in theory, taking points off of other people that could win a tour card. Which why it, then it goes back to what we said. If you have prelim games and you carry more over, those spots can be filled. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um... It's different for players that were in the order of merit that could still be confirmed based on the draw. Like, you, you don't want them to miss out. An extra point or two was massive for them. The likes of Alan Suter was one we were trying to work out the night before. But the three once guaranteed by the order of merit um, should, should not play the final day, in my opinion. Fortunately, it didn't make a difference. And actually, Peter Hudson, who beat Louis Williams, went on to pick up a card by the order of merit anyway. Um, which was a big win for him because if that had gone the other way, Hudson doesn't get a card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, completely. Well, the fact that it's massive and that's something to consider. Um, the only thing is that obviously then the numbers for the previous scenario have to increase. Um, chatting with a friend on the side of the minute, and we think 144 should be the number, which is 16 extras, which is one extra per board potentially for a prelim. There's a prelim per board to get into that with the lowest ranked players by the season and and then you go from there. Because that mitigates for the fact that people are going to drop out through picking up a card. You've got the extra security there in case people drop out and you're never, ever going to feel the full order of merit before the final day. But in cases like Louis Williams, Martin Lukeman and who's the third one? Uh, Jack Main. Jack Jack Main. You can then drop them out and you still don't affect the one two eight if they're gonna persist with a one two eight field at a stage two. I mean I'd like yeah, that. Could, could, I'd like a one two eight. Yeah, I like I, I, I like that premium on each board. I don't dis dislike that at all. Mm, I quite like that um, just idea. Say quickly, yeah, just say quickly, comment from the chat room here. Sam makes a good point in terms of why hate on players like Gablas because they're not fast throwers. You don't need to be a fast player to be exciting to watch. I sort of disagree um, because it's it's not necessarily it's not necessarily about being excited to watch. it's more about the the dark it's more about the fan at home and the fan at the at the arena people like watching Ricky Evans because he's as quick as anything he's the quickest player on tour if you could bang in a 180 in 1.6 seconds that's incredible right and I'm not suggesting that not what that Peter Wright in terms of the slowness of Peter at times is, is not boring to watch. Of course, it makes it exciting, makes it tense. But 
just to prefer, just as you would think that I think a lot more people, particularly in uh, in arenas, would you agree on this one, chaps? That would rather watch a player who's quick than not. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. put it, put it on. Forget the sport for a minute. Would you rather watch Manchester City or Burnley? Sean oh, Dunn, Burnley, Burnley City, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the wrong people there, Barzi. <laughs> but no, right. we we get the right. point very much. So, like, I get your point. Let's, yeah, let's go back right. to our absolutely Premier League right. conversation. This year, we've been saying how much that the Premier League got stale and that we were welcoming the return of the ten. But actually, because of the makeup of the players that have made the field, we're, we're struggling to be as excited. Look, don't get me wrong, just, just, just are special, no matter who hits it and no matter what they do it, but I'd much rather see Adrian Lewis or Michael Smith do it in the eight and a half seconds it takes him to get rid of those three darts and really have that moment and grip you than I would the 30 or so seconds we're going to take to watch Jose or Rob Cross do the same. Yeah, Ser- and it's not note. just that. It's... Go on, Joe. Go on, PB. Go on, mate. No, go on, PB. I was about to say, go back, back a few years Obviously, Man United are Liverpool fans, but going back a few years, right? Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I love Mensal Sunovic to bits. He is one of the nicest people away from the hockey you will ever meet. But would the PDC have picked him to play in the Premier League if he hadn't won the Champions League? Absolutely not a freaking chance. The, 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 the same as the same as this year. Matt is a box of frogs, but if um, the special one, Jose de Souza. If he hadn't have won the slam, would they have picked him? No, they were forced to pick him, is the, the thing we're trying to say here. Um, and whether, whether, you, whether you like it or not, fast slow, right? TV broadcasters, they pay the bills at the end of the day. That's why Sky get wildcard picks. They, they pay the bills. They would rather see quick players that get on with it than slow players. End of. Whether that is Gaulas, Sulevic, Pipe, Brendan Dolan until he changed his rapid pace at the Worlds. Broadcasters uh, would rather see that. Yeah, just to say, Dan actually puts in the chat... Uh, sorry, Richard Falls puts in the chat room saying, I'd watch Pipe versus Dolan over 13 sets. Quality. <laughs> I would rather... I don't think we're sat here being disrespectful to these players, but for me, when you watch as a fan as well, not even just in the venue, when you're watching on TV as well, the ability for people to to build that excitement that comes with it. Jar, you were messaging us earlier about Rod Studd and how much we believe Sky's coverage is missing him at the yeah. minute. And if you are watching Studd, uh, Rod, best wishes, hope you're, hope you're back soon because of the way that he can build up a game and sense those moments and, and start layering on the drama from the early days. It's more difficult to do that if the game is is taking longer time, if the players are taking extended periods to get to and from the hockey, if they're stood at the hockey for 15 seconds to throw deep three darts, then three darts, the excitement in the commentator's voice is lost. Like, we did it over the weekend, over the last 10 days. You've seen the games that were easier for us to call. There were the games where the scores were updating quickly on Dark Connect. We could give you an instant hit and right. We couldn't see the darts, so that's that makes it slightly more difficult for us. And there was occasionally times where a long wait was good tension, but there was so much 
dead airspace, if you like, where we couldn't have that conversation about what was going on. The best games and the best feedback we got this weekend were where we were jumping in all over each other because things were happening left, right and centre, but they were happening quickly. There was drama literally every five to ten seconds. I'm going to jump in there and people making a very good point in the comments. Phil Taylor. One thing we could never accuse him of is being a pacey player, but people still loved him. Yes. However, if he hadn't won all those titles, would people have still wanted to watch him? That's a very big question. That's a big stretch. I just think that Phil came with charisma. He didn't have the quickest throw, but he had a presence. Yes, that's what people have said in there as well. People have said that he's got that presence on stage, that he just... Whenever you, whenever you saw Taylor on stage, you either loved him or you hated the bloke. Most people did love him. Don't get me wrong. Some people, potentially on this panel, weren't necessarily the biggest fan of him. But what you, what you would do is you would sit down and watch. And yes, he's a slow, he, he's a slow player, particularly by today's standards. But you can't tell me that Sky nearly missing a nine data from Michael Smith last year in Dublin weren't exciting. <laughs> When they went upstairs, when, when, he, when they couldn't get the double 12. That's what you want to be seeing. You want to be seeing the camera nearly missing a shot. It's what we want to see what we do. Exactly. Ian says as well, his talent why yeah, ta- talent wise, watch. Yeah, it's the second best starts player of all time. We know this. Whoa. Owen says one. you can number one and you know. No way. Owen says, Owen says you could say the same about Dimitri. If you go back across our live ranges, mate, we have absolutely panned Dimitri Vandenberg. When he excessively slows down, i.e., yeah. Dave Chisnell in the World Championships, and I'm just just saying it. How broadcasters we get look, we get a little bit of privy information where we're in press rooms and everything like that. We hear whispers. Just telling you, how it is broadcasters do not want slow players, and they pay the bills. Whether you like it or not, that's the bottom line. Agreed. Agreed, Jax? We're not saying that these players are massively talented, but as a spectator, I want to be entertained. I want to be sat on the edge of my seat, not being able to look away with what's going on. If I have to sit and watch Rob Cross versus Mensor Sulevic over a world final format, (laughs) they're going to be there a while. You get the opportunity to drift in and out. If they're not throwing 180s constantly, it's those dips, it's those dull moments that can really drag you away from a game and, and make it feel less interesting. Even when Adrian Lewis and Phil Taylor are going at it in some of the best games I've ever played, Gary Anderson, Michael uh, Van Gerwen, when they have dips in those games, it's still exciting because they don't last for very long. If, if Michael goes off the boil for three legs against Gary Anderson, it doesn't matter because those legs are over in six minutes. If Mentor Sulevich goes six. off the boil against Rob... Well, not even that. You know what I mean? If if Mensor Sulevich yeah. or, or Justin Pipe go off the boil for three legs, are they playing each other? That can be there for five to ten minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like it's going to take a long time. I'm, I'm not disrespecting the players at any point, right? But I prefer to play quick myself, and I prefer to see players throwing at a good pace, not even rapid. Like Ricky Evans, too good, for, too quick for his own good. Yes, it's exciting. And yes, he can throw a 180 in 1.2 seconds or whatever it is, the absolute madness that it is. But he is too quick for his own good. I just want to see players get up in a good rhythm. 
And I think there are players yeah. that don't do that, especially in this part of the Premier League field that we've just got before. I, I think the, I think people are saying that you know in terms of I want the best talent. Yeah, there is that point. Uh, there is that point in there, mate. But if the best talent was there, James Wade would be in it, and he's not there. I think, for other I think reasons, what a lot of people in the chat room are looking at it from, is, from the, the perspective. A lot of people in the chat room are looking at it as from the perspective of the player. There's absolutely no obligation for you to get up and throw quick and, and throw one eighties at a good pace, and you have yes. to do whatever suits you and your game most, right? I'm not going to deny somebody the opportunity to to earn money if if they're hitting the targets they have to hit. That that's how the sport works. But from a fan's perspective, the thing that gets me and obviously the rest of us excited is good, fast-paced games. You look at yeah, hundred the best games. To be fair, though, to be fair, I've always said the greatest game of darts ever been played is the Taylor Barney final. And again, they're not quick players. But you look at, for me, Ando versus MVG in Dubai a couple, a few years back. That game was done. Best Was it a best of 21, PB? Went yeah. all the way. Pretty sure that went all the way, right? And that took about half an hour. You could watch that game for hours. It was unreal. Yeah, 100%. Um I'll tell you what, this has got the chat room absolutely <laughs> yes. on fire. Um, this is definitely the most weakest Premier League in lineup so far. Yeah, Luke, we've, we've said that um, a few times, that the lineup doesn't excite us. But because some of these players went on to win TV titles, which has always been the, the benchmark, if you win a TV title, you get picked. That's, that, that's why it's... It's the way it is, unfortunately. We've got other things to talk about, but there's too much in the chat room to ignore. So I'm just going to try and go through. Um, Rachel, welcome along. She says she was in the supermarket and her alarm went off that we were live, so she started running around. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Um, Also, Um, very quickly, Bob says Barney's got incredible rhythm, but I don't recall him being expressed. Yeah, that's my point, that the greatest game of darts has ever been played is Phil Taylor against yeah. Rain Van Barneveld in the pre- in, in the World Championship final. And you wouldn't say both of them are quick players, which built the tension. But that that also came down to Gwynny and Sid. Let's not take the piss here. Dave Woodell, yeah. Sid Woodell, sorry, Dave Lanning, Sid Woodell, and John Gwynn pretty much built that final up amazing. That's inviting two more to join, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, and look, we're not saying it's just quick players. It's, 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 the, it's the really slow ones that have no rhythm that causes the thing. But anyway, moving moving on. Say what this is um this has got the chat room really doing it. Yeah. Someone says um a sh- someone says a shot clock. Look, don't be at all surprised that if all of a sudden players deliberately start playing slow. Like players have recently, deliberately, is what I'm saying. Don't be surprised if Barry brought in some kind of speed shot clock. He did it in snooker and everyone kicked off, but he doesn't care. It, it's about entertainment. Rule number one. one for him. So, yeah. Rule number one. Rule number one. When you know, you know. You know. Um, 
but yeah, this has got the chat room absolutely buzzing. Thanks for getting along, guys. No, this is just our opinions. We're not saying we're right or wrong. No. Someone else has put Whitlock versus Van Dyke and was the worst. Remember, yeah, 100%. Why? Because Whitlock tried to slow him down. Hmm. That's why it was horrendous. Because Whitlock tried to deliberately slow Van Dyke and Boda down. Simon, uh, I, I Simon know Lucas says, so already tonight. I know it's going to look like we're having a pop. But if anybody wants to know the difference in, in what we're saying, go and watch Dimitri at the Grand Slam. Look at the difference between his early group games where he goes absolutely berserk and look at the pace of play in the knockouts later on against players that he knows are quicker. And, and go and yeah. come back and then tell me if you think there's a difference in the entertainment you're getting from watching that. Simon yeah, says no, in the chat... Simon says in the chat, so if Gilding wins the UK Open, does he get in? I don't think so. Look, Simon, uh, they changed, if Andrew Gilding... They would change the rules. Yeah, yeah go, go on, Barzi. You, you were jumping in there and, and I stole your thunder. Yeah, 100%. If Andrew, I don't mean this horribly against Andrew Gilding, but if he won a TV title, Barry would change the rules. <laughs> because it's cheaper than trying to change the camera angles because Gilding blocks them. Euro <laughs> <laughs> camera that came over the right shoulder instead of the left shoulder that year that Gildin was there was absolute mind messer. <laughs> um, Lee says, nice listening while I'm sat in my Mensa top. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, TK shots, Phil, does Scotty Jog deliberately try and slow his opponents down? Uh, no, Scotty Mitchell is literally plays at the same pace regardless of who he's playing, which isn't an issue. That's mm-hmm. his pace, is the thing, which I haven't got an issue with. If if you play at that pace consistently, it is what it is. You're not gonna not gonna change it. Um, and, and Scotty just yeah. plays at that one, no, no, no matter what. James says. James says there are no rules. Yeah, yeah. Other than the order of merit, go for it. Uh, James, you are mistaken. Rule number one always comes into consideration. <laughs> well, you know, you know, James. <laughs> yeah. Rule, rule number one and three governs why, everything. It's the reason why the current world number five isn't in the Premier League. Yes. Rule number one oh, sorry, sorry, outweighs not, everything. Not the world number five. Excuse me. No, not the world, world number six. five. Currently, world's number six and seven and nine are currently not in the Premier League. Rule number one applies there. Dan Blackshirt, I just want to play darts. Yeah, me too, mate. We're going to get on a T-shirt with Gary Anderson's face, I think. I just want to play Uh, darts. That'd be during the launch of online darts merch. James, correct. That is rule number one. Barry is always right. Yeah, and and if he's wrong, rule number two, if he's wrong, please refer to rule number one. Refer to rule number one. (laughs) <laughs> oh dear good god uh, well, have fun this I we've got just about question time oh, that, to, to be fair we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll get back on track now back back in the room now that's done um, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna we're still we've got half an hour go, go, go back we'll, we'll, we'll go back um, this one graphic coming up again thank you very much to PDC it's a little bit Small, but that is a list of the school of 2021 top 64 in white that are safe at the moment. 
the Orange players entering their second year of their tour card. And then we have Development Tour, Challenge Tour, and all the newbies. Gentlemen, out of the new tour card holders, which ones are you most excited to see in 2021? Can I jump in first, Bob? I know, oh, I know where you're going, Jars. Right at the bottom of the column. I know where you're going. going. So, yeah, go on. What's that? You've got a post show in on your wall as well, yeah? Who's that? Right at the bottom of column number three. Correct. You're absolutely spot on. <laughs> I cannot wait to see him. Keen Barry is gonna do bits. Can't wait. He's absolute mustard. Genuinely mustard. Can't wait to watch him. Uh, I know, Bars, you, you pick him as well. So there's that. Um, I'll tell you who I am really intrigued, actually. Uh, by the way, if you look, if you can see that I'm looking over here, it's because I've actually got the screen as well on YouTube. So I can see that there. Um, out of the new tour card holders, I've said before about Louis Williams. I've also said about Baggage. But yeah, Keen is the one for me. I reckon we could be seeing him in a TV event this year. I really reckon so. I don't think he'll make the match play. When I say TV event, I don't obviously mean the UK Open. Everybody qualifies for that. But I do. I, I don't. I just don't think he'll get enough money to win the match to get into the match play field. But the Grand Prix, mm, I think so. Players Championship Finals, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I I, I agree. Um, okay, another one. David Evans, brilliant on the Challenge Tour, and we saw enough in those couple of Euro Euro tours he qualified for at the back end of the year, and although. The scoreline says he got battered 3-0 by Ross Smith. That was a, such a good game. It was it was unreal at the Worlds. So I'm looking forward to seeing David Evans apply his trade as well. Yeah, me too. He, he will be He's the action. next man in the middle on the wall as well. Or not in the middle, but in that style with the ultimate card and flights. Not just because, well, maybe it's just because you can see our logo on the card. I'm, I'm not going to hide it. That one really excites me. Um, Great action, great bloke. Um, yeah, he's, he's one of the four too, has he? Yeah, 100%. Absolute 100%. Um, in the comments as well, we know you've been busy already, but who are you looking forward to see? The class of 2021, the newbies. Who, who are you all going for? Because, gents, it won't be long until we see some of them the Super Series is now confirmed. Obviously, three days of action. We're going back to the Reebok. The Reebok, the Reebok is back on the BBC Tour. And how good is that going to be? Um, a couple of questions I'm interested to see on the Super Series. How do we think they're going to fill places? Because I'm not convinced that all 128 will be there. Wesley Harms won't be there, um, really, let's be honest. No. no. Um, the, the, the other thing as well is there's obviously going to be testing involved and everything like that. COVID protocols, it's not easy to get people in. Maybe get not internationally, though. No. From Q School, but haven't got a card. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, do you go off last year's Challenge Tour? Or do you go off of the Q School order of merit because that challenge tour is now slightly out of date? I'd go with this year's Q School, personally. 
because that's why in previous years, Gob, they've always got a challenge tour weekend early in the year. Yeah. So there is some kind of rankings to, to you. Yeah, normally there, there would be a challenge tour literally the weekend that follows up afterwards. But I think they're going to have to use the Q score order of merit. Um, I think the fact that the next eight from, from both schools are already in the UK Open might mean that those guys might make the trip a little bit early to chance around for this as well. Yeah. Well, Patrick yeah, it'll be interesting. I know. Well, Go Patrick on, has just said in the chat room that the combined Q School Order of Merit will yeah. be used. Which is interesting because I saw this stat earlier on Twitter and it might have even been part of Patrick's conversational thread. But actually, in terms of combined order of merit, the Europeans did a lot better than the UK guys, especially in that, that top 10 or top 15, I think it was, or, or at least the top 16 from both the ones that missed out. Actually, it, it's far more heavily stacked for the Europeans at the top. So they'd get the first call up. But the obvious issue is travel, international travel and COVID restrictions. So... It's a bit up in the air at the minute. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll try and keep people updated as and when we, we get the memo, but we don't really know. That is that's an interesting one, Barzi. We don't really know how the field will look. Well, exactly. Uh, Luke Woodhouse just put in the chat. Luke Woodhouse just turned up in the chat. Evening, Luke. Well, evening, Woody. Uh, he says, if I'm not mistaken, they're coming off the Q School order of merit until the challenge tours are played, which makes perfect sense, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. The thing is, um, I don't imagine that many missing out. Let's be honest, how long ago was it that some of these guys will have played darts, especially the guys that didn't quite make uh, the World Championships and that sort of thing? Their last darts would have been, what, late November? They yeah, yeah, I, 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 think, back I think if most of them... I think, look, I think they'd all travel... But there's still got to be a fairly high possibility with the amount of travel involved to get people to one venue that someone is going to fail a test. Yeah. yeah. The chance has to be high. And look, I don't wish that on anyone because we want to see them all there. But there has to be a fair chance of people travelling a fair distance, people coming from all over the world now, that there's going to be a chance of a failed test. Massively. Um, again, in the chat room, good evening, Peter. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you in, Woody, as always. And, of course, off the back of the Super Series, we go straight to the UK Open, pretty much as well. Just the first one. TV. Gone. Yeah, just, just a quick one. Speaking of TV, TK Shot says, will the Super Series be televised? Two stages as always, mate. We're covered on PDC TV. But, Philip, if you don't have PDC TV... There is a way you could be watching along at the Super Series, is there not? Correct, there is. We are back after the huge success of our stream coverage of Q-School Daily. We are going to do exactly the same for the Super Series. We will be live streaming from 12pm. I presume that's the normal time. I'll confirm that, but it's normally 12. We will be 12 if, if Woody's still in the chat room, do you know if it's going to be 2 o'clock yet or 12? So we know what time the coverage starts. <laughs> I hope it's 12. Those 2 o'clock ones absolutely suck. Um, yeah, agreed. 
I thought you had the edge over him, Peter. I thought all your mind games were working. Yeah, look, I, I, I hope that that's well. But we will bring you streaming coverage like we did for the UK Open, where we will have every board covered for you. So you know what's going on as it happens on the 16 boards on the three Pro Tour events. Peter says, oh, no. I won't be able to make them streams. Oh, yeah, but I'd be very surprised if you were, mate. Yes. It's only three, isn't it? Four days. 25 and 28 is day inclusive. Yeah, four days. Two days. Two days. Two days. Two days. The PDC calendar that's linked to my iPhone is... It's wrong. It's only telling me there's three on here. There's oh, four, my the friend. Gra- the graphic Luke. definitely just said 25 to 28. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I go off my phone because you can link the calendar to your phone and they've got it wrong then. <laughs> Woody's put in the chat room saying he ain't got a clue yet. So, Woody, if you could let us know uh, as soon as you know, mate, we'll, we'll be checking the PDPA website as well, but nothing's actually come through yet. But I've got a funny feeling yeah. it's going to be two o'clock. I hope not. Um, four days, lads. Yeah, the, the PDC calendar on my phone is wrong. They haven't updated it. I'll, I'll email Dave tomorrow. Say, Dave, can you sort the calendar out, please? <laughs> um, um, another question, but, as you were mentioning before, the UK Open. Yeah, hot off the back of there. We will be in action. And again, we are going to bring you Gillette Darts UK Open. Friday. Other shaving brands <laughs> are available. <laughs> Um, because yeah, we are going to bring you coverage or not coverage but boards 2 to 8 because not everyone's got PDC TV main stage will of course be on ITV4 but we will keep you bang up to date and we're going one better than what we did instead of multi people covering boards we are going full soccer Saturday where everyone will have their own board Yes. Have we told the rest it's of the team be... yet? <laughs> if they're watching, they've just found out that everyone... Well, is going to have definitely their own in the chat. So cheers, boys. Hope, hope you're available. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I nominate Dan as Merce. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. we talking about, so wait. it can't be him. Yeah. Um, can't wait. That is literally going to be at absolute pandemonium here at Online Darts for the UK Open, which genuinely we can't wait for. It's going to be mint. But it's that time, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to throw it open for the next five to ten minutes. Get your questions in right now. It's question time here on the Live Lounge. So the floor is now open to you guys. Before we go with question time, I should stress about the UK Open. If you've never been to Minehead before, I know a load of people were really excited to go to Minehead in March. Look, we're all we're all three of us just as gutted as you. There's no definitely about that. But what I'd say is, is that if you've never been to Minehead before on that Friday afternoon of the UK Open, which is essentially one long qualification afternoon, it is possibly the maddest session of darts ever, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Absolutely, 100%. But I'm going to say something controversial here. The Reebok was better than mine, Ed. You're wrong, I'm afraid. I will yeah. always love the Reebok, but nowhere is better than Butlin's Minehead. 
Right, the rebook was special. Of Bolton Stadium, thank you. It'll the always re-book. be the rebook. Formerly the always be the re- before that, the rebook, but it is the University of Bolton Stadium, gentlemen. I'm old school. City still play at Main Road, even though they've moved. <laughs> Does Sunderland still play at Roker Park, is it? Yes, they do. <laughs> Derby played the baseball ground. You know, you see, you know the rules. Saints play at the Dell. Yeah. West Ham still play at Upton Park. Sorry, the bowling ground. Let's can we have his full name, please? Please excuse me. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> quick, quick, let's start off with a question from Owen. Who will be relegated in the Premier League? Ooh, that's a good question. Two players going to go down. That's a really well, good question. I can't say off with in the chat room. Yeah, well, I don't think Peter will get. I don't think Peter will get relegated. I don't it think Peter will get relegated. Uh, I expect him to make the playoffs. I expect the top three and Ando to make the playoffs and make him quite easily. To be fair, but that's another issue. Um, relegated. I'm going to say it's between three for I'm me. I'm going to say Rob Cross. Two from three. Cross. Mm-hmm. Rob Cross, and I'm going to go. Dimitri. I don't think he's going to be ready. Purely on the knee. Yeah. Um, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, That's two I don't of them. And the only other one, if Dimitri is fit, Jose for me. Yeah, I think I don't think Jose's looked the same since he won yeah. the, the slam, if I'm being honest. Peter, I will finish top. Yeah. Agreed. Like that. Like like your confidence, Peter. Like your confidence. Um Good man. Just out of interest, do we, we have a new dart for the Super Series? Can you let us know in the comments, please? It'd be great if you did, mate. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that was that one. Uh, Daniel, I haven't got a clue. There probably will be a Wikipedia page, mate. I don't know who sets it up, but I expect so. Uh, your four winners of the Super Series. Oh, good question. Oh. I reckon MVG and Price doors. win one. I think both. We don't know. Hey, do we know what that screen machine's using? Philip, are the prototypes ready? Yes. Hundred percent committed. That's it. We're never seeing old faithfuls again. Not saying we're never going to see old faithfuls again, but at the Super Series, (laughs) we will see the new ones. I think Gezi and Van Gerwen will win one. I'm going to throw it here, and I'm going to say Gando as well wins the Super Series. And I'm going to go with Big Dirk. Sod it. I reckon Big Dirk starts the year off with a bang in his, in his march towards the relentless march towards the top 16 in the Premier League. Woody, you're making a semi-final, mate. <laughs> right. I'm going, I'm going controversial. <laughs> I'm going controversial. I'm going controversial here. The world champion will not win one of the Super Series events. Ooh. I'm going MVP, Peter Wright. And now here's where I get controversial. Raymond Van Barneveld. No. Oh, and and I'm going to go for a new winner. No chance. He's not winning a Super Series. I think he will. And I'm going to go for a new winner 
because he's due one. Dopes. I'm going to go outside the box. Ooh, shout. He's watching. Shout. I need his card as well, by the way, from the boxes. <laughs> God, who's your four? Um, Merv. 2021 yeah, is the yeah. year of the Merverts. Uh, going deep. If, well, if he starts this year brightly, then massive, massive year for King. Um, to be fair, Ferret's got half a chance, obviously. Uh, Snake, uh, Snake Bite, I think he'll win one. He's too good not to on his day. Uh, Joe Cullen, big response from oh, him. Yes. Uh, and let's go for an outsider. Do you know what? I'm going for him. He's going to start the year. He, well, he's going to carry on from that Masters. Adrian Jackpot Lewis. Good shout. I like that. Interesting. And this, boys, is why you go last. I can watch what you two do and go for all the rogue ones that have got an outsider. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, boys. There's a, there's, there's, there's a lot of love for the Reebok in the chat room. Thank you all very much for um, for backing me. On the Reebok That's show. That's a shame. <clears throat> you just haven't been to Butlins enough. No, the dreams are made. Dreams are made and broken in the same night. At Butlins, mine, Ed. It's like the same with Walkabout in Blackpool. Oh. It, here's one for you. In result, Q School. Do you think that Associated Tours should have their own Q School and have? three, four places that go straight into stage two. Yes. Possibly. I like that. Uh, I do, but I just think this, the global structure of other darts is a bit awash at the minute. You're going to be at different stages. I definitely think that's a name for the future. And in the convo we had with Barry Hearn earlier in the year, available on the channel now, he says about global domination. I think that is a progressive step. Lots of smaller tours that are going to keep producing the quality of players. Obviously, we just need to wait for COVID to disappear and everybody to start off a level basis. There needs to be these global conversations. The CDC are going their own way. You've got uh, the DPA, uh, Australia, DPNZ. They've got their own established tour as well. For me, if these are going to produce players, they need to be standardised. They need to be doing the same thing. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of that, to be fair. But yeah. they have their own individual Q school and, and go and have a place in the last one. Um, we need to Dirk Van Dyne. Very quickly. We, have, we, haven't made, we haven't mentioned his name. Damon Etter. If he keeps playing the way he's doing, he's due, a, he's due a big run. Yeah. He's mm -hmm. brilliant still. I'm, and also, hundred percent. And also, as well, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw a rogue name in there as well. I was very impressed with him towards the back end of the year. Latvia's own. I think Big Matters could be doing some damage if he gets that trouble nineteen working. If, yeah, but if he gets that trouble nineteen working, he's the best. In the, he's the best in the game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Right, look, I'm just going back for a few earlier questions that we might have missed since we opened the floor. Then. Um, Will we be in the arena for the UK from reporting live from the boards? Fortunately not. Uh, COVID will prevent that, um, hopefully, again next year. Will the awful 40 to 60 averages at Q-School ever go? 
no, as long as you can pay no. your money, turn up and, <laughs> and have a crack at the Dream Factory, they're there for life. Uh, real Barry question, will anyone ever compete with... As long as you pay the 450. <laughs> Dan Blatcher, real question, will anyone ever compete with Peter Wright's outfits? There is one name, Phil, that I've got in mind, and you probably know a little bit better than I do. Simon Key. Wasn't at Q School this year, but was supposed to be. Simon the Skeleton. He is very colourful, dyes his hair all sorts as well. Would definitely rival Mr. Wright for his outfits. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, he will. And I've said this for a while, that players are missing a trick here. A bit like football. I'm not saying they all go full Peter Wright, because that's impossible. That can't happen. But you think only one or two do it. You think of that green. You think of Michael Van Gerwen. You think of yellow. Instantly, I think of Joe Cullen. Pink. Peter Wright, Sky Blue, Chisholm. Yeah, yellow's Chisholm. Yellow's Dave Chisholm. Yeah, yellow's Dave Chisholm. Sorry, I'm looking at another question. Yeah, Pink, Keegan Glenn, Sky Blue, Vincent Van Navort. I think that I'd like to see home and away shirts. Genuinely. So there isn't. Well, they used to be. They changed the idea. They used to be a rule gob. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember going back. Um, Scott Rand and Kim Hybrex, when they were under Mac, clashed kit, so to speak. And because Kim was the highest rank, he got to choose and Rand had to change. So there used to be something. I'd, I'd like to genuinely see some identifying factors that you think of a colour or a shirt and you instantly think yeah. of that player, which is why I quite like yeah. Phil Taylor's new shirt. Because it's different to everything else. Well, I look at certain shirts, and they're just all a bit blandy, blandy, but the same. Phil Taylor the issue with Phil Taylor's Phil Taylor shirt is god awful. Oh, I love it. There's an issue with a Phil I Taylor shirt. I genuinely love it. There is a massive issue with a Phil Taylor shirt in that he couldn't use it on the tour because part of the stipulation was to attend is no football colours as a fan. So you then can't see a player in a shirt that replicates a football shirt. That number on the back is very much a football thing. Take the number off. It's he not, wouldn't be allowed to use that. Oh, yeah. Take the number did off. It'd be fine. But, like... Yeah. He, I don't think they'd allow that big number 16 on the back of a shirt. Newcastle stroke footlocker uniform. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, they wouldn't allow yeah, the big I, 16 I think... on the back. But I completely agree in regards to give yourself a brand identity, something people can relate to instantly. Yeah, 100%. Um, Daniel says, imagine if MVG gets tested positive for COVID. Look, Michael's really sensible, mate. Um, look, anyone can get it, agreed. But he takes precautions. He drives over, doesn't fly and that. So he is he is ultra also, careful. The same The same as when Peter goes to Europe. Disease. He doesn't fly, he drives. Is the thing. They're, they're very mindful de- of their... It's also a very deadly disease. I'm sure we don't want anybody getting COVID. Let's be honest about it. Um, Owen says, well, here's one to discuss. Darts News shared the lowest averages of Q score from this year. One of the players listed took it personally. Do you think that was out of order to let her apologise? No. Of course it's not. No, if you no, if you're average, you're average. You, if, if that's your average, you're average. That's a factual thing. It's a, it, yeah. it's a fact. If you, you yeah. can't, It's not an opinion. If you it's go there... If you go there and, and you and you put yourself out there and you see the Q school average and, and it's whatever it is and they throw it, it's not like they're saying that they're not they're not they're saying directly that you're crap, is it? They're just putting a fact out there. So no, I, I, I've got full, I mean I've got a lot of respect for Darts News, a lot of stuff. I've got a lot of love for what 
Peter and um, Sam do on there, I'd just get on with it, personally. No, I think I Dart's think it was, there, I think it, was, an, it, was a, it, it wasn't Dart's News, the website. It was an independent Facebook page or Twitter. Oh, please excuse um, me. Please under, excuse under me. the same name. It, it wasn't Dart's News, the website, that with established journalists. Um, I think it was an independent yeah. site. But, yeah. But the principle is uh, still the same. It's still a fact. They were the lowest averages. still the same. Yeah. The minute that Start Connect became a thing and that information is readily available, people are going to look into it. Somebody's going to share it just somewhere. If you're embarrassed by being the guy that didn't even average 40, you're in the wrong place. Don't tell yeah, the that, that was, Don't waste your 450. Uh, there was a question earlier that I saw. I can't remember who answered it, but it's way back. He says, who's the best out of you three? Uh, Gob. Gob, without even without even a question. Although Gob is going to teach me when COVID uh, COVID protocols allows, he's going to he's going to I'm going to get a lesson off the Godfather. To be fair, I'm in, I'm in the process of literally changing everything. So I used to be okay, um, but got diarrhoea and the right hand doesn't work. So I've literally over the last year been teaching myself to play left-handed, um, and I can now actually group a dart left-handed. So I'm getting there. Gob's going to take my average up from four to seven again. When the COVID protocols allow. <laughs> um, yeah, left hand side of the board. Who's the best trouble 19 on their day? <laughs> who's the best trouble 19 on their day? Marlis, Rasma, or Gordon Mathis? Still Rasma for me. Mathis is good, but Rasma, if he gets going like trouble 19, Christ on a bike. I think he, I genuinely think he's the best trouble 19 on the world. That's my girl. What's that? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. On his day, on his day, I think. Yeah, but yeah. as a consistency... I can't about, remember like, who Gerwin, shared I the stat that... either, but somebody shared the stat, actually, that of the last, like, six or seven major winners or TV televised winners or, or winners in the PDC, it might even be the last ten, actually, something like seven of them had a better percentage hit rate on the treble 19 than they did on the treble 20 in that event. The thing is, is that... But the thing is, I'd say about... The majority of the top players, they can switch to effing anything. You look at the way that Price, Van Gerwen, Wright, Ando, nah, Ando to a degree, he's more of a straight shooter, but particularly the top three, they can fly around the board like it's round the world, and they'll hit and they'll hit the treble that they need. They can cover shoot. I, I don't think there's a better top ten at the moment that can cover shoot as well as they can do. They are epic. To be fair, the Dennis Priestley cover to 18s to 19s is still massively underrated. I agree with you there. I hate 18s. hate the 18s. <laughs> to be fair, from, from a maths point uh, of view, switching in the first couple of visits, you sw- should switch 17s. Correct. From a mathematical Always point 17s. Two straight ones, straight to a 17. Leave yourself on a four or round the numbers off to a 410. Yeah. a 91. The math just yeah. makes sense. Tons and forty, you're on the big fish. Like you switch to nineteen, you leave yourself on four four two. Horrid, horrid. Just switch it again. Yeah. You're messing around. Treble seven, treble yeah. seventeen is massively, massively underrated in this game. Hundred percent, completely with you there. Making it sound as if we know it. Um, right, last couple then. Um, pick a question each, guys, and then we are just about done for the evening. We have waffled for a couple of hours, but we love the fact that you are along. Uh, 
Jeff Ryan says, Jeff Smith, master of the 51. Yeah, because he can count. Yeah, it makes really sense. Right. I actually think the second dart should be a 17 as well if you're blocking the treble 20 because the single 17 to treble 18 leaves the 91 again as well. The 19 is massively overused unless you're going to guarantee yourself the 134. 99 is a horrible leave. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, I think we've done it, gents. We've, we're down to the end. I think we've answered them them all. I think we have Romeo done. Right, gentlemen, hmm. and everyone in the chat room, it has been absolutely... Just very quickly. Very quickly. Someone said, who will win the UK Open? Don't worry on that. We're going to do our picks on that in a couple of weeks after the Super Series. And, fingers crossed... We're going, to get a, we're going to get a guest on the live lounge. We'll, more on that to come. Yeah, working on a couple. Uh, hi, Jake. Thank you very much. Uh, where is it? Probably George starts about who he thought was the best player. Um, best player to yet win a PDC major. Oh. No. Merv. Michael Smith. Smith. Yeah, Merv. That's a good point. Uh, goodbye, Peter. Thank you very much, as always. Right, guys, we're there. We've hit the two-hour mark. We have waffled for two complete hours, and it has absolutely flown by. First of all, I want to thank you all again for joining us here at Online Darts. The chat room was absolutely off the scale again. We have just carried on. We will be back for some really good bits. Watch out. There's a couple of really good interviews going to drop on Online Darts TV over the weekend. So make sure you subscribe as always. But I've been Phil Bars, joined by Jack Gobby Garwood and Jarlath Thiessen. Gentlemen, it's been emotional this Thursday. Thank you very much for joining us, everyone, live and in the chat room. We'll see you soon. Yeah.